Hello, I'm Rev. Shannon Moore, and you're listening to the Simple Worship Podcast, recorded each week at University Christian Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Every Sunday at 9.30 a.m., we gather in the Chapel of the Good Shepherd to sing, take communion, and worship. If you'd like to join us, in person or virtually, please visit our website, universitychristian.org, for more details. It does not seem like the disciples believed what Mary had proclaimed because they're huddled together behind locked doors. The religious leaders of their faith and the Roman government had killed their leader and naturally they were probably wondering if they were going to be next. Or maybe they did believe Mary's testimony, but that good news that she had shared with them was just not quite enough to keep them safe. So as they're there gathered in that locked up room. Jesus just appeared before him, before them. The door didn't open. He just was there. Peace be with you, he said. Shalom. It's more than a greeting. It's more than just a hello. It is deep peace. It's that same peace that Jesus promised his disciples on the night of the Last Supper. My peace I leave you, he said at that point. And so to proving his existence, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples rejoiced. They were ecstatic. But then almost as if to say, hold on, fellas, don't get ahead of yourself. He again says, peace be with you. And he adds, as the Father sent me, now I am sending you. Now... Those scars on his hands and that piercing in his side are more than proof that he was who he said he was. They are reminders of the cost of discipleship, the possible cost of discipleship. This same victory that has been provided to Jesus, the risen Christ, will also be theirs. It is promised to them, but they're going to have to hold on to the peace that he is promising them in the midst of any kind of crisis injury, pain, fear, guilt. They're going to have to hold on to this peace that Jesus is giving to them. It's the kind of peace that abides and sustains. Then to follow up on this promise of His peace, Jesus breathes upon them. Receive the Holy Spirit, He said to them. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they're retained. I want to talk about that for a minute. Sounds a little weird, doesn't it? There's a theologian I was reading about this week. Her name is Sandra Schneiders. She says that in the context of this gospel, it is hardly conceivable that Jesus, who was sent to take away the sins of the world, commissioned his disciples to refuse forgiveness. She points out that in the original manuscript, the word sin does not appear in that second phrase. So she offers this reading of that verse. So I'll read it again. This is Schneider's translation of that verse. Of whomever you forgive sins, those are forgiven them. Whomever you hold fast or embrace, they are held. In other words, the sins of that in the first clause are forgiven And in that second clause, it's the person, not the sins that are held on to. I like that. I think it is in line with the Jesus that we have talked about for the last several weeks as we have gone through this Gospel of John. But now we get a plot twist, and we'll pick this up at verse 24. 
But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. Same thing Mary said to them. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hand and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. It is a well-known fact that I am not a fan of athletic endeavors. <laughs> I just kind of tend to lump every, all of that into one event that I call sports ball. <laughs> I do enjoy watching an occasional ba uh, baseball game and even a basketball game if it's pretty close, but football, forget about it, don't understand it, I've tried, I don't care. So there's this TV show called Ted Lasso. Who knows about Ted Lasso? Okay. If you haven't seen it, it's about an American football coach who knows nothing about European football, what we call soccer, and he's hired to coach a team in London. It seemed like everybody I knew was watching Ted Lasso, and I had 0.0% interest in watching a show about soccer. Even Russ Peterman, our senior minister, who is a sports ball guy, encouraged me to watch it. He said, Shannon, it's really not about the soccer. And I was like, mm-hmm, I've seen the ads, I've seen the trailers. It was like a lot of soccer to me. But one night I had literally watched everything else that's available to watch. <laughs> so I gave it a try. And I loved it. It really wasn't about the soccer. I had seen and I had believed. And that is why I love this story of Thomas so much. He's known, he's... Throughout the centuries, the millenniums, he's been known as Doubting Thomas because he didn't believe. Because when the disciples told them that they had seen the risen Christ, he was skeptical. Maybe they had pranked him before. Who knows? Maybe he just didn't know what to make of such an incredible story. But he was the only one of those disciples and Mary Magdalene who did not get to see the risen Christ. Seven long days of them telling him, we saw him. Mm-hmm. No, we really did see him. Sure you did. Then when Jesus does appear, the door is shut. He once again offers shalom, peace. There might have been a little tension in that room since Thomas had basically called all those disciples liars to their face. But then Jesus speaks directly to Thomas. And he doesn't chastise him, and he doesn't berate him or shame him. He doesn't ask him to explain himself or even apologize. He just offers Thomas what Thomas had asked for. Touch my hands. Put your hand in my side. 
The other disciples had rejoiced when they saw Jesus. But Thomas does something different. He offers praise. My Lord and my God. Jesus then offers a blessing to those who will come to believe in Him without seeing Him. And that's us. We can choose to believe based on these stories we read of these eyewitnesses to the risen Christ. And then Jesus sent those folks out to do the work that God had sent Him to do to offer God's forgiveness and to hold others close. And Jesus sends us too to continue the work of the disciples and of the work that God sent Jesus to do in His earthly ministry, to offer forgiveness, to offer the peace that only He can offer, to hold others close. And we might fail, but the risen Christ continues to show up behind those locked doors of our hearts, in the midst of our fear and our shame and our misgiving, reminding us of His shalom, of His deep peace, of His grace, and of His incredible, never-ending love for us. Thank you for listening to the Simple Worship Podcast. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at universitychristian.org. If you like this sermon, please share it with others. Thanks again and have a blessed week.